Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast, A Moment with A. As you guys know, my name is Akile. Hey guys, hey, 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 hey guys, my name is Akile. Welcome back to my podcast, A Moment with A. As you guys know, my name is Akile. Hey guys, hey, 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 hey guys. So hey guys, hey. <laughs> welcome back to my podcast, A Moment With A. The podcast is dedicated to elevated dialogue on the topics that affect the lives of millennials. As you guys know, my name is Akila Hughes, and as always, I'm so happy to be sharing space and energy with you. So hi, what's up? How's it going? So I have some awesome women in the Mixy Mix today that's going to bless our mic. So I'm going to allow you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Rachel, say hi to my A-Squad. Hey. Or do you go by Rachel? Yeah, my whole life I've gone by Rachel. My mom is the only one that calls me Ray. I put Ray in my bio mm-hmm. because people like to call me Rach off the bat, and I hate that, hate it, hate it, hate it. So you can call me Ray. Ray is fine. I think Ray is adorable. Thank you. It's cute. Thank you. You can call me Ray, Rachel. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next we have Tammy. Yes, hi. Uh, I'm Tammy. Um, my full name is Tamara, but I also go by Tammy as my nickname. Okay, so thank you guys so much for being here on Moment with Day. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Guys, we're going to be talking about toxic femininity today, and I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited, but before we do anything, we do mental health check-ins on a Moment with A. So how are you guys doing? How are you feeling? Anything we need to talk about in this open space? Tell my A-squad, and Tammy is a therapist, so I'm just saying... (laughs) You said talk to you like a therapist? Well, Tammy is a therapist. No way. <laughs> That's crazy. Girl, I, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how much to dump. Like, <laughs> I could say I'm straight, but you know, mm. I'm straight at the end of the day. I'm, I'm. <sighs> okay. Okay. I mean, is this a good platform just to. This spill is beans? the best platform yeah. to spill the beans. <laughs> How are you feeling? You know what? It's just, I don't know if I ever told you. When we met, we met at a bar crawl. We so, did indeed. Thank you, you know. for putting my business out here. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> they don't know you drink. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. My bad. No, um, so the reason I moved back to Orlando from Atlanta is because my mom got sick. She, um, Her lung cancer moved to her brain. Mm. And I don't have any family out here. So I'm the youngest one, only one without kids. So I'm like, it makes sense just to move down here. So I've been down here since November. And, you know, I haven't been able to, uh, just with starting a new job and getting adjusted, I haven't been able to get a new therapist. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that I'm just trying to write out, trying to, you know, compartmentalize, or if that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? My mic's acting funny. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so just dealing with that is just something I'm, I'm doing good because I'm breathing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, when I feel like those depressive episodes are creeping in, like starting to snowball, I know how to manage to get out of those now. I know the signal. So I'm hanging in there. I'm doing better than I was a year ago. Mm. That's great mm-hmm. to be better than you are or better than you were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Of course. 
are you, Tammy? Yeah, so I was, I was thinking as you posed the question. Um, I can definitely say I'm, I'm also doing better now than I was compared to like a month ago because mm-hmm. um, I don't. I was going through this weird like high anxiety uh, phase for like the last two months, um, which had a lot to do with like work stress and um, yeah, it was like bad. But now I'm feeling a lot more balanced. Nothing has really changed. I'm still like busy as ever, and there's still a lot of like stress and stuff with work, but. I feel a little bit more centered now, so I'm thankful for that. So I'm it, all things considered, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> that is claps, claps for that. That's good. Well, I'm happy that you guys both are here and present and doing better than you were a month ago or a year ago or even yesterday. Like that is a blessing. Right. I'm doing pretty well. I feel like. I'm really happy with, like, where I am right now in my life, just, like, with my therapist and just with getting a handle over my anxiety and being more acceptive about what I want out of life and going after it, like, unapologetically. So I'm pretty good. Nice. Yes, the mental health. Yes. (laughs) And I really hope you find a therapist soon because I know how draining that process can be with, like, finding the right therapist. Yeah, thankfully I have a great job that's – you know, allowing me to work from home, and mm-hmm. they give me a lot more slack than my last job. So I'm hanging in there. Good. I'm coping pretty good, I'd, I'd say. Good. Okay. Well, on our episode today, ladies, we're going to be talking about toxic femininity. And I was just really excited to talk about this because I don't feel like, like Tommy and I were talking earlier, I don't feel like we talk about these things as much as we should. Or maybe we just come so accustomed to <laughs> to just like our day-to-day lives. So we don't even realize when something is like, that's like, a, that's a thing. Like toxic femininity is a thing. So for people who don't know what toxic femininity femininity is um there were two definitions because it's not something that is like really spoken about so I really couldn't find like an actual definition for it compared to like if I type in toxic masculinity definition and we can find like so many so um toxic femininity is the pressures that women face to keep their value within the gender binary as well as actions these women take to remain submissive in the fact in the face of domination and aggression of men or it's a way for women to sabotage each other by using their feminine qualities. Mm-hmm. Which is what I thought about when I thought about toxic femininity. Oh, I didn't actually think of that one. What did you think about? I thought of, <clears throat> not to put my business out there, but I thought of the old me. <laughs> what was the old Just you? Me in relationships, not knowing how to really, I guess, do relationships. And just, you know, coming from a household that just wasn't like super loving mm-hmm. you know just so you don't really know how to display that and um you know just you become more verbally and emotionally abusive you don't even realize it because that's what you're used to you don't even you you know I, I can get into it you you know but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ramble but yeah no I, I just thought of how um I probably wasn't the best partner in the relationship you know I was toxic myself. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot to realize that. And I'm better now. So that's, that's good. What, that's what I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really admire like how self-aware people are when it comes to like their toxic traits and yeah. just accepting like, you know what? 
I really did fuck that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was on me, but I acknowledge it, and I'm going to do better yeah. the next time. Like, yep. that takes a lot to be able to do that because yeah. people really don't. But tell me, what did you think about when you heard, like, toxic femininity? Yeah, I actually, prior to you even presenting this topic, I realized I never even, like, thought about it. Yeah. Like, like it just wasn't something I looked into. Um, uh, so I think what I initially thought was maybe, like, women exhibiting um, misogynistic traits. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that came to mind. Um, but, like, Ray, I also recognize through reflecting realized ways that I kind of exhibited mm. some of those behaviors and I think it was more so in in a when I was younger um like not valuing my friendships with women as much as I did with men That's and kind of taking this like stance of like oh I'm I'm different mm-hmm. I'm different than other girls and <laughs> were you one of those <laughs> I really one of those is like I only hang out with guys. Like. Yes, I was. And I like I had my like one or, my few like maybe one or two close female friends. Yeah. But for the most part I I valued my friendships with men and it was because I was holding certain ideas about women. Like what? Like that women are catty mm. and they're going to talk behind your back and mm. a lot of like mistrust of especially black women. Yeah. And so through growing up and maturing and developing more um, uh, relationships with black women, like that completely changed. Um, But I I realized like that was that was toxic femininity. So. So was there something like specific, like in your childhood where you felt this way about women and then it just progressed? Yeah, it, it and I. I did have experiences like in high school, middle school, where I witnessed um, women, mostly black, because that was like kind of the circles I was in was with black women. So not to say that other women of other races didn't exhibit these traits, but that was just my circle. Um, But I did see a lot of the um, black women get into fights with each other in school and fighting over guys. And so that it came from somewhere. The mm-hmm. idea came from somewhere, but it wasn't, that was not representative of all of us. And then we were kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're, of course we're going to do stuff like that. Um, and then in high school, I was, I was involved. I was kind of telling you I was involved with dance mm-hmm. um, and cheerleading. And, and I saw a lot of that in my teens. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of just further fed into this idea um, and then going in, yeah, so once I got older in college and having more of those mature friendships, then you realize, like, oh, okay, that's not true for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I love mm-hmm. that you were delivered from that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So am I. <laughs> I think when I relatable. thought, it really is, because, yeah. like, we hear it all the time when we're all saying, oh, my God, here goes one of those. <laughs> <laughs> all my friends are guys. It's like, yeah. okay, sis, you got it. <laughs> Right. (laughs) I think when I thought about like toxic femininity, I automatically thought about like women who make other women feel bad for like not wearing makeup or like not having BBLs or not not like living up to the mainstream definition of beauty. Yeah, and then making them feel bad about it or making them feel. Mm. I don't like it. Yeah, (laughs) or making them feel less than just because they're not their idea of, like, what a woman should be. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought about, Mm -hmm. and that's what, and it is very toxic. You know what? 
it's funny, not to like really go off topic, but you made me realize that I think toxicity is really changing as far as the definition with generations. Mm. Because what you just described as toxic femininity, femininity. Is it a tricky word? (laughs) I hope I said it right. But, um, almost lost topic. Um, It changes with generations. What you were saying, that has a lot to do with social media, I Mm -hmm. feel. Because why are you bullying me for not, like, getting Mm -hmm. fat trans? Like, this is supposed to be here, okay? (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. care what you say. This is, this fupa is supposed to be here. But, um. Yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, like, it's interesting when you yeah. think about it. Because growing up, I didn't have that problem. Toxic femininity just came in, like, the household. But I did have that problem mm-hmm. growing up because yeah. I was a tomboy mm-hmm. growing up, the one, like, playing in the dirt, uh, playing baseball, like, doing mm-hmm. all these, like, boy things. So I was always, like, kind of like, oh, well, you should be wearing skirts or you should be wearing, like, this. But it's like, I don't want to wear that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't start, like, I guess – being more feminine until, like, the end of high school, mm. like, junior year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. You wore a dress on graduation or pants? I wore a dress. <laughs> <laughs> and now I wear ribbons and bows, so <laughs> I just evolved. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Scorpios are all about evolving. Not to take it there, but, like, Scorpios are all about evolving. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the better. So what is the biggest pressure that you guys face from other women mm. when it comes to being a woman? Y'all go first. I have to think about it. <laughs> um, okay. So I would say one is definitely the pressure to um, be married, and especially at my age now. I'm mm-hmm. 35. Um, but she doesn't look 35 <laughs> at all, y'all. I'm trying to hide my surprise face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, go on. <laughs> but, yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, pressure. And I would say the pressure is more so from, like, older women yeah not so much like my peers yeah um but yeah when they hear i'm single it's like why are you single uh when are you gonna when are you gonna get in a relationship when are you gonna get married when when i do if it happens <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't know what to tell you but <laughs> and then also the pressure to have uh kids mm-hmm. so then that's also a question um and i i just think it's so it's so weird backwards like I will get scrutinized for, like, why am I single? But, like, do we ever question why people are married or why they're in relationships or the yeah. quality of their relationships? No, yeah. we just look at people who are single and it's, assume they're unhappy. Right. It, but right. then there'll be people married and they hate each other. Right. Hate, each other. hate each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate this woman. He's not joking, y'all. But, the, but <laughs> thank God we're married. Like, we won. It's like, okay. <laughs> right. Right. If you say so. I would say another um, pressure is to be, um, like, this nurturing caretaker. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that, I find, is, like, placed on me as, as a woman. Um, yeah, and self-sacrifice. Mm. So, like, you should be doing everything for family or... Um, for friends or wherever at work, you should be, you know, sacrificing your time. Um, that I find that that's kind of a pressure that's placed on me a lot um, because I am a woman. Um, I, I took notes. Relying on men, um, I think that's also a pressure too. Like relying on men to like buy things, provide, for me. yeah, right. And because like me, I'm a type type of person where I'm like I don't like I don't need you 
to do these things for me. Like, I, I can take care of myself. I can provide for myself. Not to say that I wouldn't allow someone to do things for me, but I would hear that criticism from, like, female friends. Like, girl, why don't you let him do this? Or why? He's offering. Let him do that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need it. I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like. <laughs> so that that's another um, pressure. And I'll let... If you want to jump in, I don't want to, like, talk too much. Go ahead. Oh, no. I always feel like, I believe me, sometimes I do want to add in, but I know a lot of people take that as, oh, why are you interrupting me? You lost. I lost my train mm. of thought. So, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just love the, this is giving for me. <laughs> I'm so polite. <laughs> no, um, honestly, the pressures that I felt, um, just came from the household. Like, mm. for some reason, I don't know if it's just something that I just block out, but I never felt a lot, I never feel a lot of pressure from outside. Mm. You know, nobody's ever pressured me to have kids, maybe because I'm the youngest and everybody else has kids. They're not looking at me to have kids. Mm -hmm. But I've never been pressured to be married because, again, youngest. But um, a lot of pressures that I do feel, I feel like they come internally. Yeah. Like maybe from... Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like everybody has an insecurity, just a little mm -hmm. bit, mm -hmm. a little insecurity. So mine just comes from that place. Mm -hmm. um, like I'll feel pressured. Oh, like in my house, they consider me the biggest one. I'm not big, but it, they're little. They're just little people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I look like a giant to them. But, um, you know, just feeling like that, just realizing, like, Rachel, you just, this is your body. This, this is just your body. You're just big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so... Thank you. I just caught that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's just the pressures I feel like. Oh, I need to lose weight. I need to look a certain way. I need to do this. But can I cuss? If your heart desires. I still be pulling niggas. So at the Period. end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> who cares? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if I just have a blockage or something. Because I mm. get those moments. But now I just bought a full-length mirror. I'm putting mirrors everywhere. I'm like, fuck it. Forget it. We're just going to, you know, I'm going to do what Lizard do. I'm going to just dance in the mirror. And it feels good, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I be doing. I love that for you. you know? mm. I listen to trap music. Just for those niggas. <laughs> Period. And, and do. <laughs> and do. <laughs> I relate a lot where, like, a lot of my pressures, they come from internal. Like, mm -hmm. it's just me. But I think a lot of it also has to do with, like, social media. And that's why I am an advocate for taking breaks <laughs> From social media, because it can get really toxic. Like, you're constantly on TikTok, and you see all these people working out, and all these people having babies, and all these people, like, lifing. But it's like, I'm lifing, too. My life should look a lot different than your life. But I definitely feel the pressure just from, like, society to, like, have children. And I mm -hmm. genuinely don't even know if I want to have children. Mm -hmm. 26. Oh. So you've always felt like you don't know if you want to have kids? I honestly, growing up, I never thought about it. I was never like mm -hmm. that person that was just like thinking about when I grow up, I'm going to be a mom. Head right. ass, like it just wasn't. I noticed the people who thing. really start out in life thinking like that, they either have no kids or they just have one kid and they're good with that one kid. So I feel like that's how I'm going to be. I'm going to just have one kid and I'll be good. If not, I feel like one is kind of a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've just recently just been thinking more about it as I like see children and then like with our economy and then just with the way that we live our lives. It's just like, Having a child is a lot. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot for, out of you, not just, like, money-wise, just emotionally, yeah. mentally, physically. Like, mm -hmm. 
that's exhausting. <laughs> Who chooses to do this? Like, it's just not, I, I'm not sold. Like, <laughs> I am not sold. <laughs> so I just don't know if that's like something. I I don't know. If I do have children, I think no more than two children can be in my house. <laughs> just so they can play together, right? <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> it just seems like a lot. Yeah. I'm I always think about how too. other people, like, raise their kids, and I don't want them around my kids. <laughs> Low key. Like, have you ever seen, I, I mean, look, y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like a lot. So, I know I definitely, like, I'm struggling with that. And then just, like, for me, it's the whole aspect of, like, having my life together. Yeah. And then, like, figuring out what does it even mean to have your life together. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... If we think about, like, uh, where, where should you be at a certain age? And then if you're not there, it's like, am I behind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we look at, we have all, like, these these girl boxes and, like, entrepreneurs and, like, all this stuff. And it's just like, okay, this is overwhelming. I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. Like, <laughs> it sometimes life can just feel like a lot. Yeah. 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 But a lot yeah. of the pressures come from just, like, internally. hmm I'm about to push dirty 30, and I just keep thinking about, oh, my God, how should I be feeling? What should I be preparing? Like, it's Y2K or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I keep having to tell myself, Rachel, like, I, I think about, what would my therapist say? Like, since I don't have one, I got to think about what she would say. So she would just say, Rachel, you got to chill. <laughs> you got to chill. You're doing fine. You're breathing. You're healthy. You're eating all your meals. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what my therapist tells me. Like, when I'm feeling how I'm feeling, where it's like, am I where I should be in life? Mm-hmm. She'll just talk about all the things that I've done. And I'm like, yo, you're right. Like, <laughs> like I've done a lot. Yes. I'm kind of that bitch. Like, <laughs> Period. It but, you know, some days it'd be a little dark yeah. and a little gloomy. But we're all human, so yeah. that's okay. So why do you guys think toxic femininity exists? Well, I think it's at the very root is connected to patriarchy um, yeah that's where it all stems down from and then um i think it then it's reinforced through different uh like messages that we receive from media music social media friends family it just it continues from there um so the less and that's why like conversations like this are important because, yeah like you said we haven't really thought that much about toxic mm-hmm. femininity and the more that we're aware of it we can recognize it in ourselves and kind of change those patterns but uh patriarchy is that's my answer mm-hmm. <laughs> i have never thought about that that answer before mm-hmm. um i don't have i answer. think when i i don't know why but the movie mean girls just popped into my <laughs> head when i <laughs> Yes. When I ask that question, and I think it comes from the fact of, like, a lot of women, I'm not going to generalize us, I'm going to say a lot of women, they want to be accepted. Yeah. And they want to be the head mm-hmm. one. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm Regina, I'm so this is how everyone else should act. Yeah. So I think a lot of it, ooh, my bad, a lot of it is just coming from the fact of, like, everyone wants to be accepted. Yeah. And they all, they all have their own interpretation of, like, this is what it means to be a woman. Mm-hmm. So everyone else should follow this. Right. But we're a part of a generation where, like, we're like, no. <laughs> I'm, like, like how you said earlier, I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need a man to, 
validate me or to make me feel more than like I know that I am more than by myself so it's just like I just feel like we're a part of this generation where we're changing the norms mm-hmm. and but whenever you change something there's people who tell you it wasn't ever broken right but it is broken yeah, yeah. so that's why I think toxic femininity exists and mm-hmm. I think it's always been here mm-hmm. because even like growing up a lot of women or young girls they're taught like oh when you grow up, you have to be a wife. You have to do this. You have to be this certain way. But it's like, she doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And they're taught this very young. So then it just kind of becomes a generational thing. Yes, I was absolutely taught you need to find a rich man to take care of you. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. that's what my mom did. Her, her <laughs> mama did. Her mom, like, that's just how they were taught. Like, I feel like that's toxic in a way because you now I'm realizing what I want in life and what I need in life. It's just someone that's going to, is it wrong to say someone that's going to compliment me? Is that like, no. Okay. But someone that's going to compliment me, someone that's going to kind of fit into my life and what I have and yeah. just kind of make a partnership out of that, you know, and just grow from that. This is a, um, a wild question. Mm-hmm. It's just in my head. Have you always been allowed to be feminine? Like, to be soft or vulnerable? No. I would say I I have. Um, I, I didn't really, in, within my household, I didn't grow up with messages telling me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say maybe in the world, like, in school or around, like, certain friends or certain groups, maybe I didn't feel like I could be soft and vulnerable. So I think it, it just depended on what space I was in. But within, like, my upbringing, my household, yes, I do feel like I was allowed to be feminine. I love that for you, especially as a black woman. Yes, yeah. I don't feel like I was only because, um, you know, I've grown into a habit now when I want to feel vulnerable and, and emotional. I need to hide. I need to go somewhere, cry it out. I'll come back like a thug and tell you what it is mm-hmm. because – in my household, my mom, if she saw you crying, I mean, she's not going to, like, you know, treat you mean, per se, but she's definitely not going to hug you. Mm. She's going to act like she don't see you. One time I had a whole anxiety attack when I was, like, 13, and I just, just couldn't stop crying for, like, four hours straight. Mm. And I don't know. She just decided to embarrass me in front of the whole restaurant about it. And, and, you know, it just made it worse. So that was the moment for me that made me realize, okay, I want to be emotional. I have to go somewhere else and do it, mm. like subconsciously. Mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to get out of that. Of course, I'm not going to cry in front of people because <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But um, I'm realizing now it's okay to do that. If it does happen, mm-hmm. it's okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just curious <laughs> because I know specifically for black women, we're not always allowed to be vulnerable. Yeah. And soft, like we're expected to be the opposite, the strong black woman. And I know now it's just kind of like, no, (laughs) like if I want to cry, I'm going to start crying. And I don't care like how that looks or if I want to be emotional, if I want to feel something, I'm going to feel it. Mm -hmm. And then whatever happens, happens. Like. Not gonna lie, I was almost crying trying to find this place. I was, I was near tears. I was like, "Don't cry, Rachel. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this. You did your makeup. Like, it's okay to be emotional. I just, yeah. I just want to do better because I really will cry all the time. So I don't. I just don't want to cry all the time. Like, I want people to just be like, "Okay, this girl is crying. Is she okay? Do you cry when you're drunk? I did that once, but it was funny. Now that I think about it, I just couldn't find my car. 
That's a valid reason to cry. So I was I yelling cry at the person. Too. I was yelling at the person in the intercom. You know how they have the intercom with the security. You push the button, and I was like, "Get me my car. It's behind this gate." She's like, "Man, they're gonna have to stop cussing." I didn't even know I was cussing. <laughs> I just heard that, and I'm like, "Okay, Rachel, you're drunk. You gotta chill." <laughs> okay, that was it. so kind of taking it back to our when we were like the little ones, the little chocolate drops. Mm. What were you taught about relationships growing up? There was never, like, a real conversation about how relationships should go. Mm-hmm. You mean, like, rom- how romantic relationships should look in your life? Is that what you mean? Or just, like, any type of relationship? Whichever one you wanted to focus on. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, my mom, she just was that. She, my mom's a lot older than most people my age's mom. She's in her mid-60s, like 66. So she's real, real, real old school. So she don't really talk to her kids. You know, there's no lessons there about that. So... If anything, she taught me, being from Compton, you know, if anybody put their hands on you, put your hands <laughs> on the back. That's the lesson I got mostly. But um, And she she did teach me that women can be catty. They're going to look you up and down. They're going to be jealousy. You da, 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 da. That's what I was taught. And I just clung to my sister, and I held on to that relationship. But I kind of had to learn friendships and relationships on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I got lucky, I feel like. A lot of trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sticking my foot in my mouth. <laughs> what about you, Tammy? Um, I would say in my household, most of what I learned was from observing my, my parents and their marriage. And so the messages I kind of took away from them was, um, well, one, there wasn't, like, really gendered responsibilities in my house. Like, Sorry, like, are your parents still married? Yes. How yeah. long have they been married? Um, I think, like, 30 something oh my gosh that's amazing that's beautiful (laughs) I love that okay continue but um yeah one of them was like I never grew up with these like gendered roles because like my dad cooked my mom cooked um they would you know um both my parents did took care of the kids things like that um so that's something I, I value as an adult growing up in that type of environment um friendship was something that I took from their marriage because my parents like genuinely seemed like they're good friends like my parents would sit and have conversations for hours um and I remember even like a friend coming over and like seeing my parents talking they're like your parents just sit there and have and talk (laughs) I've never seen my parents do that and I was like oh okay um so yeah to the importance of having a friendship having that foundation and um independence was like be a partnership, but also be able to hold your own, be able to support yourself if you um, ever had to like leave that relationship, making sure that you you can stand on your own two feet was um, something I was brought up with. So in the house, it was a lot of like healthy messages, but I would say I was also influenced by messages outside of the house. So, and this is through like going through therapy and kind of processing things, I realized that in from like friends or from media and movies and stuff it I kind of got this message that oh with like black relationships you you stick it out Hmm. you make it work no matter what which played a role in me being in relationships that were toxic and unhealthy and thinking like okay I'm supposed to make it work I'm supposed to stick this out and that that was not cool um 
So a lot of that and in that you need like a relationship to validate your beauty or your value as a woman. Um, I would say that's another message that I got a lot like outside of the house. So it's like a mixture of unhealthy and then unhealthy messages. But where are you now? Um, in terms of like my view on relationships. Yeah, like do you think you're capable of having a healthy relationship? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Come a long way from those past experiences. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Something you said it just made me realize. My mom, she indirectly taught me not necessarily. I guess this ties into relationships, just how to be overly depend independent. Mm. Mm. Like I remember when I was like eighteen, I got a flat tire, so I called my mom, and she's like, "What you want me to do about it?" Mm. <laughs> I remember I was on my way to Georgia. I got a flat tire no, from um, Georgia to Florida. I'm sorry. Um, I got a flat tire. I call her, and she's like, "Rachel, what do you want me to do about it?" Mm. She's that kind of parent, so I have to call Help me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, she will hang up the phone on me and say, what do you want me to do about it, Rachel? Mm-hmm. I'm like, nothing, don't worry about it. So she, that was her way of teaching me, Rachel, you have a boyfriend, depend on these men. That was just the lesson, but it was very indirect because she wouldn't say it, but it's just those actions. But that she made me said like, it. And yeah, then, it's like, girl, okay, you my mom, that's why I'm calling you. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to let you know I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> and then she called me like you know she feels bad because she'll call me 20 minutes later she's like did you, did, you mm-hmm. call, did you call the insurance yeah I called my big sister and she told me what to do thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> parents are so interesting <laughs> like <laughs> I don't think growing up um I ever had a conversation with anyone like my parents about relationships in any capacity like I can't think of one situation where everything I've learned I've learned by myself mm-hmm. so like when I think about my relationship with my best friend um Samuel I met him my first day of college <laughs> I was 17 literally like, you know like on those um tv shows you went to college at 17 yeah you yet? <laughs> not even <laughs> but I think about my really my friendship with him and now I'm 26 so we've been friends for almost 10 years almost a decade and just how it has evolved, but we had, like, a lot of toxic times, mm-hmm. and that's just because I never knew what, like, a healthy friendship should even look like, you know, because I was never taught it. Mm-hmm. And then relationships, oh, man. Relationships <laughs> wild, <work>. Wild. <laughs> Someone should tell you how much work it is to be in a relationship. Right. They tell you, but they don't really tell you. No, and then I got married, so... Mm-hmm. Just going through a marriage. Oh, I have a whole four-part series about it on my mm. podcast. If you guys want to listen to it, it's called "I Do, I Did, I Don't," because now obviously I'm divorced. But anyways, so just even going through that process, and then like being who I am now, and just realizing like what it means to have like a healthy relationship, or like not losing yourself into relationships. That is so mm-hmm. important to be your own self, like your own individual self. And to be friends above all. So, like, thinking about your parents and how they're probably genuine friends Mm -hmm. before they're anything else. Like, that is so important. Yeah, You're right. You have to realize that recognizing that the other person is human and always remembering that they're trying to. That they're trying to. (laughs) I apologize. That they're trying to. And as long as you know that you're both putting in the work, I think it should work. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm consistently that's that's the key that's my problem I'm not consistent like I really do get tired of people and I mean that in the most sincere way that sounds so bad oh my <laughs> god 
No, like I really just I'm so I've been single for like seven years, so I'm just used to my own space mm-hmm. and doing my own thing. So when someone is in that, it's like okay, shoo shoo shoo. I mean, can you leave? Like long distance mm-hmm. relationships will be perfect for me. Mm. Forever. I mean, if he got if he's not forever, like if you live across the country and you want me to come visit you and. You know, it's that type of situation. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. As long as we can see each other and you have means of transportation, I'm cool with long distance because I like my space. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm kind of like in the same boat to an extent. Yeah. I can't do a long distance relationship. But I've been single for almost three years now, and it's just like the thought of someone else like constantly being mm-hmm. in my space and my bubble. It's just, yeah, I'm not sold. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I remember hearing something from another podcast where it was just saying, like, your like your company has to bring me more joy than, yeah. like, my solitude. Like, I have to want to be around you. Right. And then even then, there comes limits. Yeah. Like, I don't I just don't think, like, you should never stop dating yourself. Even when you find your person. Like, you're your first person. Right. But that's just the way that I like to maneuver through life. <laughs> I agree with you. I think a lot of people take that philosophy way too far. I'm back on the apps, y'all, the dating apps. And it's, ooh, the dating pool got pee in it. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Like, there's just these men that just, even in their bios, are saying stuff like, I don't want this. I don't want that. You gotta send me a full body pic. I want a real woman. Like, you're 40. Sir. I'm in this. You in this. Don't be weird. We just chilling. Just take me on dates and feed me. We straight. But they don't even want to do that. Oh, it is all. definitely, yeah, it's wild. I don't date, but that's a different <laughs> podcast episode that. for a different <laughs> day. Girl, you ain't missing out. I'm aware. <laughs> I know I'm not, like, not at all. <laughs> okay, so to kind of wrap up our episode, um, I think a really big part of, like, the, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But with women, it's like marriage is like the end goal. One of my favorite movies is the Lone, the Mona Lisa Smile. It's a movie with, like, Julia Roberts, and it was, like, from back in the day where women used to go to college to find husbands to get their missus degrees, MRS. And then after yeah. they found their husbands, they would just drop out because they made it. They got married. Like, that's the end goal. Like, that's what – you guys should watch that movie. I really just, enjoy it. I might. It's on yeah, Netflix. Check that out. Mona Lisa Smile. Okay. But, um, so is marriage, like – a goal for you is that something that you aspire that you want it's like this is what this is what i need like what you would say i'm not sold <laughs> what are the benefits <laughs> what am i getting your last name i'm just kidding no like i think the the i guess the stability part of it that would be the only benefit for me and just having my person because i'm a sap mm-hmm. i just want to be with my person and just go on trips and do things together forever yeah. you know so that's the end goal for me. But at the end of the day, I could do these things by myself. So it gets if it gets to that point, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely say um, marriage is an end goal for me and not because of, you know, societal expectations. But yeah. I truly value um, life, having a life partner, doing life with someone. Um, but also with that being said, I'm very particular about yeah. who I date. So it's not just, oh, I need to be with somebody. But no, it has to be the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely date with intention. And mm-hmm. if I don't see them like lining up with what I see in a life partner, then I'm not going to waste my time. I love that for you. Yes. 
Intentional dating. You better yeah. speak on it. Period. Because it's so important. <laughs> it like, is. I just don't believe in wasting my time. Right. Girl. Right. Like, why? <laughs> what are we talking about? Right. <laughs> I need to tell y'all about this conversation I had with this man this morning on one of the apps. So it started out real good. He's from New York. He was cool, whatever. Conversation was going good. But at some point, I said, you know, where do you live? He tells me. He's like, yeah, I moved down here two months ago. I'm with my brother. Oh, okay. And his six kids. Oh. Mm. And his, you know, wife. I'm like, oh. He's like, I got duffel bags in the car because I don't even keep my stuff there. I'm like, so you homeless? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to work, brother. He's like, oh, you think I'm a bum? I'm like, I ain't say that. But, you know, what you told me is not adding up. <laughs> and if I can't go over your house, you're not coming over my house. Right. He's like, we're not even talking about that. I'm like, look. You got to worry about <laughs> me. For real. <laughs> <Be> real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's either that. Or they're all like, I, I'm okay with dudes that are five seven, but I just don't want to ultimately end up with one. I'm I'm sorry. I want to wear heels and I don't want to towel over you. That's all. That's all. That's that's, that's my only options on if, these. Apps. If that's your preference, that's okay. Thank you. I also canceled a date like two weeks ago, and just because it just wasn't clicky. Yeah. Like if we, we were texting and there were just certain things that I just didn't like. Like he never asked me about me about my job or what I did or anything like that. So I'm just like, so why would I want to spend a whole night with you? Mm -hmm. That sounds exhausting. Mm -hmm. So I just canceled. And I felt really fine with it. Like, (laughs) why are we going to waste our time? It's not clicking. That's how you know his intentions were definitely not on the same page. Yeah. They was on a different page. Like, I want to see what you look like in person. Then I'm going to see if I want to talk to you for real. Can't really. So... That part. That part. <laughs> Can't really. I do still want, like, marriage is definitely still a goal for me. But there's no time frame on it. There's mm-hmm. no, like, by the time I turn 28, I'm good. I don't know. Like, if it happens, it happens. But I'm cool for now. But I definitely want to have, like, a life partner. I want to travel the world with, like, my spouse. Like, yeah. I want to do these things. It's such a desire of my heart. But in the meantime, we're just chilling. Yeah. I can still travel. Yeah. <laughs> I can still live my life. Exactly. And then when he comes, he'll compliment it. Right. The way that it should be. That was beautiful. Thank you. You know, just <laughs> straight poetry. A moment with A. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for being here and for having this conversation with me. Thanks it for was having me. Of yes. course. I feel like I learned a lot and I love being able to hear different perspectives about different topics. So go ahead and tell my A squad where they can find you at. Okay, um, I can be found at Tammy.yoga, T-A-M-M-Y dot yoga, and also my website is TammyYogaFlow.com. You can find me on Twitter, Froho, F-R-O underscore H-E-A-U-X, it's French, and <laughs> on Twitter, you can find me at SuperDupaFyho, S-U-P-A-D-U-P-A-F-Y-H-O. Sweet baby Ray, that's me. You cracked me up. In real life. (laughs) You guys know you can find me on Instagram at Mama With A and Twitter is underscore QA. So thank you guys so much for listening and for tuning in. See you on the next episode. Keep God first. Go be great. Bye. Bye.